0: Gavin Gray is with us for the UK Report. Good morning, Gavin.
1: Good morning, SJ. How are you doing? Yeah,
0: I'm really, really good. Uh, I went out last night, uh, had a bit of a boogie. Yes. Oh, yes. Ah. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I felt like it was really funny because I went with a friend of mine who's a similar age and uh, she went to the bar to go and get us drinks and I had my usual Coke and she came back with something exciting. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, What was it called? An... uh, I can't remember. Some, some sort of cocktail. And she said, this is what I used to drink. You know, when she was when she in her younger pre-children days, she said, I feel 24 oh. again. You know, so we went out. We we stayed out really late, Gavin. at um, uh, Five minutes past 10. I got to bed last night. So that was that was a real late one for me. <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll. Rock Living and roll. the dream. <laughs> Living the dream indeed. Indeed. Right. Uh, your top story for us this morning, Gavin, is uh, we start with European uh, farmers. What's going on with them?
1: Well, the uh, uh, protests continue to spread now throughout Europe. So roads have been blocked in Poland, Hungary, Spain and Belgium after, the, frankly, a lot of other major cities across France uh, and Germany were also blocked. And this is because farmers in Europe are beginning to find their voice and their voice shows they're really not happy with the EU. In particular, the European Union uh, regulations, rules, And restrictions, as they see it. And so in Western Poland, 1,400 tractors took part in a protest. Roads were blocked across the country. For the fourth day in a row, tractors cut off several Spanish regions as well. Uh, And uh, the grievances vary wildly. Uh, Farmers in Poland and Hungary complain the EU is not doing enough to hold cheap imports from Ukraine, which is undercutting local produce. Um, In Poland, uh, lines of tractors, many flying the Polish flag, uh, blocked traffic and uh, one of the blockades uh, also blocked a crossing with the Ukrainian city of Lviv uh, and protesters there pretty angry about the EU setting alight the EU flag uh, and puncturing a a pile of tires rather set on fire. So um, this has spread quite considerably. Now, already... The European Commission has recommended that net emissions should be slashed by 90% by 2040 sure. in comparison with levels of around about now. But it has scrapped one deal to halve pesticide use across the EU. Farmers were saying, "Look, we, we won't—you know—we just won't be able to grow the quantity of stuff if we can't use pesticides." So the EU's back down on the pesticides but not on the idea of net emissions. And uh, that's one of several areas that the farmers are saying this is just unworkable. Ninety percent cannot be done um, with small to medium-sized farms. That's sort of one to 400 hectares hit worst. Um, and uh, as I said, science the EU may back down more. And gosh, this is really proving a, a thorn in the side of EU leaders um, because uh, normally they just sort of dictate what's going to happen Uh, And it happens. But in this instance, so many farmers across so many countries within the EU bloc are staging these rallies that I think they are beginning to sit up and think, crikey, we'd better take note here.
0: Yeah. Um, The British Prime Minister, uh, Rishi Sunak, has so far declined to apologise for uh, a jibe that he made at uh, opposition leader Keir Starmer, which um, drew an awful lot of criticism in light of um, the widely reported murder recently of a young transgender girl.
1: Yes, so uh, Brianna Jay was killed uh, in a park in the UK. Uh, she was transgender, had been born a male and had uh, transitioned to a female. Uh, And uh, the court was hearing uh, during the prosecution of her two young uh, murderers that, uh, you know, that had kind of made her a target for these two who were fascinated in violence and torture. Um, It was a particularly tragic death. And indeed, her mother was due to be sitting in the public gallery uh, in the Houses of Parliament in order to press uh, for her suggestions about how transgender people could be treated better. Now, although she was late and hadn't yet arrived in the House of Parliament chamber, um, the Prime Minister didn't know that when he rather, some say, uh, mocked uh, some of the transgender issues here. So what happened was the Prime Minister was pointing out the number of times that the leader of the opposition has U-turned. We've had another major U-turn by the opposition party this week on their green credentials. But he continued the prime minister by saying that the uh, Labour leader had U-turned on the definition of a woman. And uh, um, he said in reference to an interview where the leader of the opposition said that 99.9% of women haven't got a... um, shall I say, a male organ, yeah. uh, he said, now, all of a sudden, Labour had U-turned on that, uh, and it brought a bit of laughter, but it also brought a little bit of an intake of breath, because many people suddenly realised that the uh, mother of this murder victim was uh, due to be sitting in the public gallery. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they've hit back, they're demanding the Prime Minister apologise. His office is saying, look, he was making the point not so much about trans people. He was making the point about the opposition party U-turning on policies. Anyway, it's rumbled on, and uh, dare I say if had the Prime Minister remembered that this woman was going to be in the, uh, in the uh, House of Parliament. He probably wouldn't have made the quip But uh, anyway, that that's what's happened. And he's suffering a little bit of a backlash because of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Next up, uh, the name Paul Gad might not mean anything to you folks. But uh, if I was to say Gary Glitter, maybe that would. That is uh, Gary Glitter was the moniker that Paul Gad um, adopted when he became famous, former pop star. uh, But then he became famous uh, for something not quite as uh, fun. He was jailed in 2015 for. for 16 years for child sex abuse and I remember uh, that story coming out at the time a documentary came out about him Um, and uh, it was historic sexual abuse between 75 and and 1980 he I seem to recall at some point um, Gavin you'll correct me if I'm wrong that he'd already served a jail term or while he was awaiting trial he ended up going overseas um, to Thailand or, or somewhere the Philippines where there was also some suggestion that he had been um, uh, he had been guilty of, of crimes against children that said um, he was released in February last year but was put back behind bars quite shortly because he breached his license conditions um, what's what's the latest now on this
1: yes that that's really sums it up I mean Paul Gadd or Gary Glitter had three UK number ones including uh, quite a famous song called I'm the Leader of the Gang. Now, they're not played on radio because he gets royalties for it and it's considered supporting a paedophile. He uh, was basically uh, uh, investigated at the same time as the former entertainer, Rolf Harris, mm. the celebrity agent mm. Max Clifford, all over historic sex offenses. Uh, and he was jailed in the late 1990s for possessing thousands of child abuse images. He took his computer in to get fixed He rather remarkably said to the person when he handed it over, don't look on those files or something. And, of course, that meant the person fixing it did look at those files, and that's where those sex abuse photos were discovered. Now, after being freed from jail, he then moved abroad, but was expelled from Cambodia amid reports of sex crime allegations, In March 2006, he was convicted of abusing two girls aged 10 and 11 in Vietnam and was jailed for two and a half years. Now, he was back behind bars here in the UK because the 79-year-old had been automatically released in February after another sentence uh, and released, as it were, on license. So he had to attend certain, um, had to make sure he observed certain conditions. Um, however, uh, it was uh, discovered that he hadn't complied with those licenses. He had uh, uh, gone back, and so, therefore, um, he is back in prison and been denied early release. And uh, the uh, panel that decides these things says that his jail sentence of 16 years back in 2015, he served the half of it, but he shouldn't be released. And uh, they said he continued to show a complete lack of victim empathy. Uh, And it said at the time of the offending, while he was on license, he continued to have sexual interest in underage girls. It's a a story that keeps doing the rounds. And I I must say, unless he shows some sort of uh, 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 empathy and uh, some sort of completion with what he's done, I I can't see him being released uh, early from prison. No,
0: for sure. I remember that. I remember seeing videos of his arrest, I think, in Cambodia, um, and just absolutely denying, and and there were videos of these. I think they blanked out their faces, but very yeah. very young children, very young girls, and he just seemed completely, uh, well, just protesting his innocence, and didn't see that it was a problem that he, as a whatever he was at the time, fifty six year old man, uh, would have these young these young children sleeping in his home. <sighs> um, the main suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann in 2007 uh, will remain silent in a forthcoming trial for sexual abuse. Now, he's already in jail for rape.
1: He is indeed. Christopher Bruckner is his name. He's due back in court on Friday, accused of five offences between 2000 and 2017 in Portugal. Now, you will remember, of course, that it was in Portugal that Maddie McCann disappeared. Uh, That was back in May of 2007. The three-year-old suddenly went missing, and, of course, that led to a national hunt to try and find her, and, of course, to a large police investigation. And police in this country have made no secret of the fact their number one suspect in Madeline McCann's disappearance is Christian Bruckner. Uh, and uh, he is uh, uh, now about to go back to court on the 16th of February uh, for different things, nothing to do with Maddie McCann, but uh, her family will be disappointed to know that they're still going to hear nothing from Christian Bruckner. Apparently, it is his intention, we know this through his uh, lawyers, his intention to remain really pretty silent in that forthcoming trial for unrelated sexual offences, um, and uh, I'm afraid it means that the parents won't get anything new out of him. To be fair, he has completely denied any knowledge about where Maddie McCann uh, is and her disappearance, um, but equally there have been um, uh, another uh, claim um, that he was telling somebody, a friend of his, in Portugal that he was looking for a child to abduct and then sell Uh, And the person that he tried to uh, get together with in a gang to commit this has alleged this now to a uh, a journalist and to others. But as I said, that is completely unconfirmed. And Christian Bruckner continues to deny any allegations uh, surrounding uh, child abuse, rape, and indeed surrounding the disappearance of Maddie McCann.
0: Yeah. We are, it seems to be that we are on the brink of our president here, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, signing into law a very controversial uh, national health insurance bill which uh, experts here are talking about uh, the intention being great to create a uniform uh, health service for all South Africans but that, it, that there's just no flesh on the bones. Um, the NHS um, is the National Health Service of the UK but cancer waiting times uh, in uh, or cancer treatment waiting times for 2023 were the worst on record
1: yes and I, I, I think behind this as well and i'll go on to explain why um sj that i think there is so much anger about uh, migration in this country because quite simply the doctors that we have are swamped there are insufficient doctors for the number of people here in the uk we've just had a record number of uh, um, uh, immigration, so migrants into the U.K., as opposed to those leaving the country. Uh, And when people look around the infrastructure and the support and stuff, they really don't see sufficient. So why not train up more doctors, I hear you shout? Well, the problem is, of course, it takes a long time, and they need to be of a certain academic standard. Now what we're getting, sadly, is that the uh, treatment of cancer patients has really deteriorated with just two-thirds of patients starting treatment within two months of cancer being suspected, Uh, meaning that 100,000 cancer patients waited longer than they should do for life-saving care, Uh, and the waits have worsened every year for the past 11 years. Now, that's in England, but I have to say the situation appears very little better in Scotland, Northern Ireland, or Wales, Um, uh, and it's more than a decade since those three hit their 62 day targets. So as I said people getting very frustrated with the health system but equally now very frustrated with the number of people trying to access it. Just saying this is unsustainable and cannot carry on but it's terrible when people who have those life threatening uh, conditions like cancer can't receive the treatment that they need and demand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's been uh, some very interesting uh, research done around Viagra uh, and uh, an, a side effect that one wouldn't necessarily um, have thought about. What's this? Uh, what's the research found, Gavin?
1: Yes. So uh, scientists here in the UK have discovered that men who take the drugs for Uh, erectile dysfunction like Viagra, actually may help reduce their risk of Alzheimer's. So in a research of more than 260,000 men, those on the drugs were about 20% less likely to develop the dementia-causing condition. Okay, so only 20% less likely, but obviously there is something in drugs like Viagra which appears to effectively reduce the risk of Alzheimer's in men. And that's really important because at the moment, the drug companies are really struggling to find how to stop. They know what causes Alzheimer's, but how to stop it. And so two uh, new Alzheimer's drugs have shown promise at slowing the pace of the disease in its earliest stages. And what they do is they attack a a sort of substance called beta amyloid which builds up in the brains of people with Alzheimer's. And it really means, therefore, that those two drugs, along with this finding, which might prevent that uh, beta amyloid, that that buildup of substance in the brain in the first place, this could be a major, major take-through. So drugs like Viagra were originally designed to treat high blood pressure and angina, uh, and they work by acting on a messenger between cells um, that may also be linked to memory, and that's where the potential link comes in, according to researchers from the University College of London, who made this study, as I said, with 260,000 men. And to see it, it really discovered quite uh, an important link there, I think, perhaps in the reduction of uh, the risk of Alzheimer's disease to men on those drugs. <laughs>
0: OK, so I was I was just thinking about this in terms of I mean, obviously, men men take it or people with penises take it for erectile dis- dysfunction. But presumably, if they find it, there wouldn't the, the the benefits that it offers for in terms of Alzheimer's, women would also be able to take it and get the same benefits, presumably.
1: What yes, would, I think I think that is right. It's just but they're not taking the it. Yes, exactly.
0: It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear yeah, you. I they hear haven't you. done I a trial.
1: So. Yeah, it could be really, really quite, uh, quite a breakthrough.
0: Yeah, it, I feel like there's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'll, I'll let somebody else. I'll let somebody else think about that. Yeah, uh, we've trod
1: th- very carefully. Now. Very,
0: very carefully. Your final story, Gavin. Uh, we've, uh, we've been talking about it all morning around uh, how people yes. feel about this uh, Fin air, uh, or thin air. Somebody thought I was saying earlier, funnily enough, thin uh, Finn, <laughs> Finn which is Finland's national air airline has begun to weigh passengers um it's a controversial move but finair says that it's to calculate a more precise total weight at takeoff now my thing i know absolutely nothing about uh, the physics of flying but for as long as we've been up in the air as long as we've been airborne we haven't had to be weighed so i'm wondering why this is now a thing that needs to be done
1: well okay so i can give you some indication of some of these things that are going on okay. so When an airplane takes off, it needs to know the weight, the total weight on board. And in the past, Civil Aviation Authority has given out an average weight per passenger. And what some of the airlines are saying is, look, actually, we think that's perhaps a little bit of an underestimate. And we think the weight of the aircraft, the catering uh, facilities, the water tanks, uh, baggage, of course, in the hold, baggage above people's heads in the seats, and, of course, the weight of all the passengers combined is what is the total weight of an aircraft. And the weight and then the trim of the aircraft can affect where passengers can sit. Um, and so, consequently, the figures at the moment are not demanded, but weight figures, I strongly suspect, are coming your way soon. Korean Air conducted its own weighing program last year. Air New Zealand did a weight survey last year. But Finnair is doing this uh, across some of its flights out of its international airport, Finland of Helsinki Airport. And what they're asking for is people to volunteer to be weighed at the departure gate. Now, interesting, the data does not appear on a huge screen where everyone laughs at you. The data, incidentally, is only uh, really on the um uh, screens of the staff of the check in uh, it goes no further we're told it does not then get um, attached to any data concerning that passenger, and so they look they're, they're saying it's entirely confidential it would help us, please can you do it and do you know that so far they've only been going a few days, but you know so far already uh you know a, a substantial proportion of those flying have decided to agree to be weighed. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously the Finns are not the same as the British, not the same as South Africans. Mm. But Finns really tend to be quite compliant. They're doing it. I'm not sure it would go down terribly well in this country. I'm not sure about South Africa. But I have to say, if you have to pay extra luggage uh, fees for excess luggage, then I can see this coming to a place near you soon. And perhaps the more you weigh the more you'll have to pay. The
0: more you weigh, the more you pay. Oh, let me put down that croissant. Gavin, thank you very much indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you with us. We'll chat again next week. Goodbye. Cheers.